This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, a bit of a wacky Sunday with some busts, some serious busts, some mega duds out there. Aaron Rodgers, three points. Alexander, uh, let's not even talk about Alexander Madison. Welcome to the show. This episode of Fantasy Football Today is sponsored by Express. Express is all new, all about you, with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer, Later in the show, looking forward to uh, getting my clothes from Express, hopefully this upcoming week, and uh, you can take advantage of a great offer. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. How would you guys describe week six, at least the Sunday week six? Different. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, it was pretty different. Um, a lot of unexpected performances, both good and bad. Yeah, good day for the rookies. DeAndre Swift. Hello, DeAndre Swift. That was great. Yes. The wide receiver, rookie wide receivers were terrific. Um, we're going to talk about them uh, in depth for sure. The big news, we're just going to run through these news items right now because it's not even 8 o'clock p.m. and we don't have the latest information. So here you go. Joe Mixon left with a foot injury. And then he came back. Then he left with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Miles Sanders left with a knee injury. And it may not be serious, but they have a Thursday game against the surging New York Giants that we're all <laughs> looking forward to. Um, and by the way, Giovanni Bernard in PPR leagues, he's played four games in the last previous, well, 2017 and 18 without Mixon. He scored 18, 13, 19, and 24 points in those games. Um, so Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz has an ankle injury. Devontae Parker left with a groin injury. Hopefully that was score-related. Tyler Boyd, leg injury. Jonu Smith, ankle injury. Mark Ingram, ankle injury. They've got a bye coming up. Darius Slayton was being sort of bothered by a foot or an ankle injury. So it's not that bad right now, and uh, fingers crossed, none of these are too serious, and we'll obviously update you on our Monday show. How was, how's it going for you guys? How's week six looking? Pretty terrible. Um, I'm <laughs> losing to one team that started four players on a bye. <laughs> oh, I no. have two 5-0 and o teams, and they're both losing by 40-plus points. Uh, but good news, my 0-5 podcast league team is just smacking Jamie and Joey. Is, is, is Jamie that's sharing with Joey, yeah. right? No, no that's, that's Dave. That's Dave. Oh, okay. Well, whoever Jamie's sharing with. Jamie and Todd from the St. Jude donation. Yes. Thank you for do- your donation, Todd, and for the week six victory. <laughs> Hey, good job, man. Way to go. Um, watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. So you may have heard that the start of the week was Alexander Madison. Actually, you really just misheard it. It was actually Brandon McManus. Sounds kind of similar. Brandon McManus, <laughs> six of six field goals today, 18 fantasy points. Um, good job. That's more than Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers combined for. All right, guys. I think the story today with these young wide receivers, mostly rookies, um, young players. I have an idea. Kind of taking over. Okay. We should do a segment about like those guys and if they are the best wide receivers on their own team. <laughs> hey. What a great okay. idea. Thanks. This segment is called the best wide receiver or tight end on blank is blank. I like it. I'm giving you one minute per team. Good luck. The best wide receiver or tight end on Pittsburgh is blank. 
is, does the time start like when you tell us which one of us you want to answer? Chase Claypool is the best wide receiver or tight end, and he has been both throughout his football career. But for the Steelers, he's the best wide receiver on the team. He's used in a variety of ways. He is trusted in the red zone. He's the only guy seemingly Ben Roethlisberger wants to throw the ball more than five yards to. And uh, he's just a rookie. He's only going to grow from here. Well, hold on a sec. He threw more than five yards to James Washington. He did. He didn't throw more than five yards to Juju, though. He only threw for six yards in the whole game to him. It's really hard to make the case for Juju now when he's basically been a touchdown needy wide receiver who hasn't gotten the target volume that some people thought he was going to get when the season started. Claypool is fun. He's a dangerous weapon. The Steelers are using him in, in different ways. Um, I think he's really kind of encapsulated that nicely. I, I think I, I God, it, it just seems so reactionary. It seems so reactionary to say that Claypool is the best guy, at least the rest of the season, but he's just, he's very, very tough for defenses to deal with. And once defense, here's the thing. And I think we're close to a minute, so I'll just wrap it oh, up. Oh, yeah. No, we're well we, we're going to go two minutes playing, and I'm on the stage. Well badly. over. The uh, music is my laughter. As I, I see Adam's face. Um, in that case, I'm just going to go ahead and make you laugh for another minute and a half. Claypool is going to start drawing some serious coverage. It wouldn't surprise me in a couple of weeks if Juju starts having big games or if Deontay Johnson's back and yeah, he starts having Let's big not games. forget about Deontay Johnson. He's had two healthy games. He had 23 targets in those two games. And I think the Steelers are just really good at making use of guys from week to week and that there isn't necessarily one guy who every single week is going to be great. Okay, so rest of season, would you rather have Chase Claypool or Odell Beckham? Beckham. Because I, 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 I want to be clear, I don't think the best wide receiver on Pittsburgh is what the best wide receiver on Pittsburgh used to be. Uh, these guys are going to be a merry-go-round. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, would Keep you drop, in mind, Odell was third in targets on the Browns today. Would Would you drop Juju? No. <laughs> You're not going to do it. You're not. Why are that, you... <laughs> That noise that you just made Believe is, it or not. I want to drop Juju, but I am not going to drop Juju. No, no, that noise not. that I just made is that's one of five topics that I've already sent in for Believe It or Not, and that's Adam stealing another one of my I'm topics. Just putting, I'm just giving you content to put to embed into the article, Heath. Right? Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Well, I thought maybe we would embed it when we did Believe It or Not later in the show, and I said the thing that I wanted to write about. I think it's much easier to embed Juju on your bench than cut him from your squad. Yeah, I can't drop him. Okay, next team. Next team. The best wide receiver or tight end on Cincinnati is blank. I'm going to give you just the first initial and the last name. I hope that's okay. Yeah. T Higgins. <laughs> what about T Boyd? He's good, but he got hurt. Right. Okay. So Higgins is AJ your answer. AJ Green looked like more like a, a professional wide receiver in this game, but yeah. um, I would still say I'll still go with the young guy and T Higgins as well. Okay. Higgins or Claypool rest of season. Claypool. So I be, I think I'd be a little more comfortable saying Higgins. And I know it does, it's not the cool thing to do, but that's what I'm saying. Okay. Higgins has seven to nine targets in four straight games. He has scored 21, 12, 10, and 18 fantasy points in PPR in those games. And Tyler Boyd has had two disappointing games in a row, but before that he had three games with 70 or more yards, seven or more catches, eight or more targets. So, um, you know, he's still obviously quite valuable. And Green, 11 targets, eight catches, 96 yards, Great game for him. And I, I kind of had a feeling like this felt sort of like a squeaky crickets game 
for yeah. AJ Boyd's Green. okay, by the way. I, he got hurt and he left for a little bit and then he came back. He finished the game. All right. All right. So we'll keep going here. The best wide receiver or tight end, and this is where the tight end comes in, on Philadelphia is blank. Hakeem This Butler. one's easy. Oh, is that not the tight end you meant? <laughs> Richard uh, Rogers. Yeah, Fulgham. It is. Over Ertz? Yeah. Ertz hurts. Ertz is hurt. That is true. Fulgham, they may, who knows? There's oh, So they do expect to have Deshaun Jackson back on Thursday. We don't know about Alshon. Um, Fulgham now has three straight games with a touchdown. He has, I believe, 227 yards in his last two games. And I don't think, I didn't get the updated stats after the game, but I do not think any other Eagles pass catcher has 200 receiving yards for the season. And he's over that in his last two games. Travis Fulgham is 51% rostered. Just got ten. Dude, Carson Wentz, by the end of this game, was throwing the ball up in the air, just hoping and praying. And it worked <laughs> over and over again, it seemed. And Fulgham's touchdown was just like pretty, pretty prayer like. Uh, so that was fun. But uh, all right, who's buying Fulgham here? And you think he's really better than Zach Ertz rest of season or Alshon or Deshaun? I, I think the Eagles are buying Fulgham because they don't have anything else that's both reliable, healthy, and young at wide receiver at this current moment. Now, when Jalen Rager comes back, he's certainly going to be a field stretcher, but this is a big-bodied type of perimeter receiver that Wentz previously leaned on with Alshon Jeffrey, and they were hoping would be that guy with Arcega Whiteside. And I, I just think Fulgham is fitting in right now, and what choice do they have? Honestly, do you really think after what he's done the last three games – they're going to go and put put him on the bench and say, all right, Deshaun's back, and Greg Ward is good. Greg Ward wasn't good, and our single white side's <laughs> never really been That's good. mean. Yeah. Okay, so um, so now we'll rank Higgins, Claypool, Fulgham. Claypool, Higgins, Fulgham. Oh, I think I really... <laughs> He's just having so much fun with it. He is. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Fulgham, Higgins, wow. Claypool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I really believe that Claypool's not going to be... I don't think he's going to run for touchdowns every week. Probably not. How about Fulgham or Brandon Cooks? Cooks. I'll put Cooks ahead of him. Okay. Okay, the best wide receiver or tight end on New England is blank. Uh, it's uh, Edelman. Like, I don't know that we really need to waste a whole lot of time arguing about it. Okay. Well, do you think people should, should at least be picking up Demir Bird? He's led the team in receiving. He's led wide receivers in receiving. Let's be clear. I saw games. this note in the notes. He's led wide receivers in receiving in three of their past four games or their past no, three games. Two, well, I think it um, might be three out of four, actually. Yeah. Three out of four. Um, In two of those games, he had a combined 65 yards. Well, then... It, Okay, but I'm asking you, who's the best wide receiver or tight end on the team? I don't, I don't, I'm not starting any of them. Okay. They do not have a fantasy wide receiver. Who's the best wide receiver or tight end on Minnesota? That's still Thielen. Still Thielen for now. I thought that was a pretty easy one. You have to say Thielen, but I did just want to make sure we talked about Justin Jefferson. One, yeah, we need yeah, to get to him. 166 yeah, we, yards yeah, and two touchdowns sure. on 11 targets. Yes, it was against. Atlanta, um, but uh, another terrific performance. <clears throat> and okay, so now you've got Jefferson, Claypool, Higgins, Fulgham. Who's number one? Jefferson. I think I would say Jefferson too. I 
I mean, you don't have any choice but to start him right now, obviously. Um, I don't know what Minnesota is going to do. They're talking about making some changes during the bye. This was only they should, his, change, they should trade for Jameis Winston. This was only his second game with, um, you mean the quarterback of the Giants? This is only his second game with more than five targets. Would you stop acting like Daniel Jones has ever in his whole entire life been as good as Jameis Winston? Oh, God. It's insulting to Jameis Winston. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Jefferson's still going to have that problem of targets in, in a lot of games. <clears throat> right. I don't know. I think that's one of the changes they can make that they can uh, that they can stick with is get him the ball more. Use your good football players in football games. You're yeah. welcome, Minnesota. You're okay. welcome. <laughs> Uh, the best wide receiver or tight end on Denver is blank. Tim Patrick for now. Yeah. Rest of season. Yeah. Rest of season. Jerry Judy. I'm going to say Noah Fant. Let's yeah. I, I think Fant <laughs> might be the best one rest of season, but Patrick has passed the test. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I would start Patrick over Judy next week. Sure. I, I think Judy will be better than Patrick by the end of the year. And it's funny because I thought Judy was going to be like super ready for the NFL. No questions asked. Just just totally like a, a not a dominant receiver, but I, one that could challenge Cortland Sutton to be the number one guy in Denver by you, the midpoint of the year. And he just does not look good. <laughs> Do you have the breakdown, Dave, of how many times Gilmore was on Judy versus Patrick? I don't have that in front of me right now. No, I tried to watch. I couldn't really quite get a grip. It didn't seem like I he saw was him shadowing on Patrick anybody. One play and I saw him on Judy one play. And I saw him on I a third see. receiver on a different play. That uh, wasn't a very fun game to watch, so oh, I didn't watch very much of it. My goodness. You know what's funny? Uh, not so funny. When when this game, when I kind of thought this game was going to have to get postponed again, I was going to make a joke on the show that was like, why why even bother playing the game? Just give New England the win and give Denver the loss. Nobody thinks Denver's going to win. And but they that's won. why they play the game. That is. Oh, for God. Brandon McManus to <laughs> kick six field goals. And Drew Locke did everything he could to throw that oh game my away. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> do we talk about this now or do we talk about it when we bring up the game later? Go ahead. Three minutes to play in the game. They're up by six. 95% of coaches would go conservative and run the ball. Denver has true lock drop pass to pass, and he throws a big lob right into the hands of, of a Patriots defender, and the Patriots have a chance to score with three minutes to play. But that was and his then, second uh, interception of the quarter. It was it He threw was one the when they were dumbest, up by nine. The dumbest thing yeah. I have seen this year. And I've watched a lot of Jets football. <laughs> Yeah, we we're, we got the. There's a countdown on Adam Gase right now. By the way, it I, should be at negative one billion. <laughs> nobody thinks he's coaching next week, but we will see. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, the best rookie wide receiver in fantasy football will be blank. Lamb. Lamb. Is, it was easier to say that with Dak, but I, you know, there's got to be some questions now. Give me your top three rookie wide receivers. Rest of season. This point, rest of season, Lamb, Jefferson, Higgins. Lamb, Jefferson, Chenault. Chenault. I knew it. I knew you'd save Chenault. I knew it. Yeah, look, they're making a really big impact. Good for them. This is a, this is a highly touted class. And uh, no love for rugs here, by the way. Nobody said rugs. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're doing a great job. So we'll see, you know, the, typically rookie wide receivers, unless you're, you know, Beckham, Evans, that group, five or six years ago, whatever that was, they're pretty inconsistent. But you got to have these guys on your roster, and they're doing some good things. 
All right. I am ready to get my clothes from Express. I'm extremely excited. Once I get them, I'm going to go back for more. I got my eyes on the jeans on Express. Let's go to Express.com right now and just go browsing, basically. But before you do that, you're going to get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase if you just text FOOTBALL to 397-737. Okay? 397-737. Text FOOTBALL. Get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. Extremely easy to do. Text football to 397-737. Heath, you ordered some Express gear, right? Yes, I actually was just checking to look because I'd received an email saying that my package would arrive. And I believe it's supposed to be here. It says it's supposed to be here today. It says it's on its way. Very nice, very nice. Seems like the day is getting late, but I, I may just stay up late and see if I get a package delivered. Later. Well, yeah. All right. Well, look, I uh, we'll, we'll we'll try it all on for you if you're watching on YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football today. I'm a big hoodie guy, big sweatshirt guy. So they've got a really good selection there of sweatshirts, sweaters, hoodies, everything that you need to get ready for the fall. And what really jumps out at you when you're shopping on Express is the price. I mean, it is so ex- so affordable. I'm looking at a Henley T-shirt for twenty-two dollars and forty-five cents right now. So outstanding stuff. And again, you're going to get that discount. And if you're thinking, you know, Express doesn't fit me. I'm a bigger guy. I'm an athletic guy. Express has changed. They're very flexible now. They've got a lot of different styles. They fit everybody. It's very comfortable stuff. Get in there and just check it out. Um, and uh, see all the different styles that they have, and they emphasize comfort as well. So again, our offer for you, you're going to get a a $25 discount on your $50 purchase. Text FOOTBALL to 397-737. 397-737, text FOOTBALL. More news and notes. So before the game, we learned that Sony Michel... Uh, two offensive linemen, right guard Shaq Mason, center James Ferentz, who was not an original starter, but he did start week four for the Patriots. They're on COVID IR along with a couple of other players. We saw that Austin Eckler hopes to be back in three to four weeks. He's like, that's a long absence. It's not a guarantee he'll be back in three to four weeks. Uh, Case Keenum replaced Baker Mayfield. It was a blowout. Mayfield was not playing well and obviously came into the game beat up. Mayfield will start if he's healthy at Cincinnati. Green Bay offensive tackle David Bakhtiari got hurt in the third quarter of that blowout loss at Tampa Bay. Arizona put guard J.R. Sweezy on IR. Um, I changed my tune on Miles Sanders. Uh, you know, when I found out Brandon Williams was on COVID IR, that's a huge run stuffer for the Ravens. They're on a bye next week. And Sanders had a pretty good game. He f- f- sort of threw a touchdown pass to J.J. Arcega Whiteside in the form of a fumble. I'm sure we all saw that play by now. That's a strange way to <laughs> describe fumbling the ball and having someone else save your butt. Hey, he Bruce sort of threw a touchdown pass to him. In the form of a fumble. I can't believe he didn't get any fantasy Yeah, he should have, right? Well, at least he didn't lose two for it. Uh, Tyler Eifert, but that was on a 74-yard run, I think. Second straight game with a huge 70-plus yard run. Tyler Eifert left with a neck injury. Antonio Ganey-Golden left. Um... Pittsburgh, oh, this is a big one. Pittsburgh linebacker Devin Bush tore his ACL. That's the defensive play caller for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And their mm-hmm. next two games are at Tennessee and at Baltimore. Do you think they're still a must-start DST? No. They're, they're going in the wrong direction for sure. It's just a matter of during bye weeks, you're going to find a dozen other DSTs that are going to be better. I mean, they showed up pretty damn well today. They and, did, but it was Cleveland. It was, but you know, Cleveland was three and one, three and yeah. one, three. And, they were three yeah. and one, right? Four and one. 
I mean, if you've been paying attention to football for the last 20 years, you know how these matchups between the Browns and the Steelers usually I guess so. But they still, like, even without Devin Bush, are going to have a great front seven. Uh, Great pass rush. And they're usually, like, one of the most fundamentally sound teams defensively in football, no matter who they have, so... Uh, Calvin Ridley left with cramps, but he came back. Aaron Rodgers threw his third career pick six, I believe. And at one point in the Jets-Dolphins game, the two teams were 0 for 19 on third down. (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. Uh, And Joe Flacco was sacked for a loss of 28 yards. (laughs) It was, I was so entertained. I think it was immediately after the first third down conversion of the day. He just kept running backwards and backwards. It's like something that you'd see in The Simpsons. So bad. Homer gets a snap. Oh, he's running away from the competition. And literally 11 guys running after Homer, and they tackle him for, you know, a 98-yard sack or something like that. Flacco's (sighs) so washed. It's brutal. Washed up. Brutal. Washed up. Terrible, 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 terrible. Okay, winners and losers. DeAndre Swift, Heath. Started in 22% of leagues. Rostered in 83% of leagues. 14 carries, 160 yard, 116 yards, two touchdowns, got some goal line work, three catches for seven yards. So his best game by far. What does it mean going forward? I, I know what it should mean. I mean, we always kind of struggle to know what it will mean, but what it should mean is that DeAndre Swift is the starting running back for the Lions. DeAndre Swift is a top 20 fantasy running back and maybe even better. The great thing about this for him is like the, the area where they had trusted him previously the passing game is the place where rookies often struggle to get involved early in the year. He already had that under his belt. He just needed a, a little bit, a, a little boost in the running game. Uh, we were hoping, I think Jamie actually has both bold prediction on this would be his breakout week coming off the bye week And it was, and I think there's still a little bit of concern that he's going to have to share more with Adrian Peterson and carry on Johnson than you would like, but I would expect 15 touches a game moving forward. I like it. All right. And I like that they're at Atlanta next week. Yeah, that's not going to be a they're, nice they're matchup good for now, Swift. Dave. You missed the memo. They, they see what they did to Alexander Madison. Uh, I don't think that that's it was that. all Dan Quinn's fault. They couldn't defend the run. Sure, actually, it was Julio Jones bringing that defensive presence. Yeah, but but uh, <laughs> if you look like a guy that was hurt, by the way, did he? No, it wasn't on no. the injury report. You know, he was started in like half of our leagues, something like that. Julio Jones. People were hesitant. That's a shame. If yeah, you wake up with a trade offer in your inbox. Le'Veon Bell for your DeAndre Swift. What button do you press? I remember when you were in the comments thing and like you found the dirty comments that you had sent to people about trade offers. (laughs) That's the one. Okay, you reject it. It's great that this is happening for Swift. We talked about this is why you draft him Mm -hmm. with a top 70 pick back over the summer. Heath, your other winner is Trey Burton. 21% rostered. Yeah, we saw him get a little bit involved his first two games back, but he was like the focal point of the Indianapolis Colts offense in this game. And he did get a little dinged up as well, but I think he's okay. There was a feature story in the Indy Star about him after the game, and it didn't mention anything about him being injured. He actually ran the Wildcat and got a rushing touchdown. Now, that's not going to happen very often, but also caught four for 58 and scored a touchdown. This Colts offense has always been designed to lean heavily on the tight ends in the passing game. And we've seen Mo Cox do a little bit earlier this year. 
Jack Doyle scored a touchdown in this game. T.Y. Hilton doesn't exist anymore. So there's plenty of targets to go around in Indianapolis. Trey Burton could be a fantasy-relevant tight end. We thought that once a time, once upon a time, remember? Like, yeah, when he went to Chicago. When he, we when, when he, he was be. Dallas Goddard before Dallas Goddard? That's true. Yeah, we can even go back to his days in Philly to say that. But this is this is the Indianapolis philosophy offensively. Like it goes beyond just the Colts using their tight ends. That's true. But it's also Philip Rivers using his tight end. But ultimately, it's Indianapolis wants to use as many people as they possibly can from week to week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of problems. I mean, obviously, Burton's a winner, and that's great. But two things. One, he has a bye next week, so you'd have to hold on to him during a bye week. Or maybe nobody will pick him up. This isn't the waiver wire portion of the show, Adam. It was the winners. Yeah, no, I get it. And Rivers threw okay. 44 passes, which is very high. They were trailing. Right. They were trailing very, big in this very game. surprising game script for Indianapolis. Yeah, but I mean, like, you can't dispute it. He, this is he's been involved two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, and that stupid wildcat play. If you could just hand off to Jonathan Taylor, that would have made a lot of people happier. But whatever, very selfish play. Dave's winners. <laughs> <laughs> Philip Lindsay had 23 carries for 101 yards at New England. Melvin Gordon missed the game with strep throat. He also could be facing a multi-game suspension for his DUI. They get the Chiefs next week. And Travis Fulgham we talked about. But let's talk about Philip Lindsay. He was started in just 40% of leagues. And now it's going to be a full-blown split at the very minimum with the Broncos for whenever Melvin Gordon's back. I think Lindsay has climbed all his... I think he's climbed all the way back from where we were back in March where he was the odd guy out. They didn't really want to trust him. Well, now they're trusting him. And they did it in a game in New England on the road against this Patriots defense that's so tough against the run. And he had a good rushing average. He had a bunch of nice runs in the game. I I think that Lindsey can be a 50-50 back with Melvin Gordon and maybe even start to take work away from Melvin Gordon if he continues to keep this up. Okay. Let's go to the losers. Dave, your losers, T.Y. Hilton and Julian Edelman. Hilton did have a touchdown catch called back on a penalty, but he had one catch for 11 yards on five targets. Even if he had caught that pass, it would have been like two catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. So not good. Which would have been like maybe his best game of the year. Well, last last week, T.Y. Hilton had six catches for 69 yards on 10 targets, but he has not had a touchdown this year. And the fact that Rivers threw 44 times and five of them went to T.Y. Hilton, that's not good. So Hilton and Edelman, who would you drop first? Hilton. And Edelman would be right behind him in non-PPR. But I still, I still believe that there, there will be games where Edelman's going to get lots and lots of targets. Okay. But you don't feel that way about Hilton? Uh, I'm ready to move on. Okay. I just don't. I, um, we we yeah. already talked about that philosophy. Uh, I, I heard that from Heath. And it sounds like Heath has bad so. news or something. No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I do. Unless it's about T.Y. I've well, got... I mean, we're talking about T.Y. Hilton. There's nothing but bad news. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here's what about some. team name Tuesday on a Sunday? T.Y. Very Little. Like, thank, thank you, you very, very little. little. Thank you very little. That's good. For your production, T.Y.? Yeah. I thought you were going to go with, like, T.Y., um, Comfort in, you know, like a T.Y. Comfort in, like because he's yes. like he's Hilton. So you go. I with don't like think a, we should name a bunch of brands though, because you never know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Look, I love the comfort. It might have guys. happened before I, in the history of our podcast. So yeah. let's not do this again. Let's just you know T.Y. T-Y Cheapies Hotel. I was right. just going for something <laughs> smaller, something smaller. Uh, Jay Glazer, by the way, said that uh Miles Sanders knee injury is of greater concern than Zach Ertz's ankle injury. Oh, all right. 
Yeah, he's not playing. And they play on Thursday, so that means you're not going to have. Boston you know what Scott. that means? It's Boston Scott week. Yeah, how, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Heat's losers are Juju Smith-Schuster and T.Y. T.Y. very little. Or no, yeah, how about. To, and to be clear, no I did T-Y. send mine in first. Um, <laughs> I like but, two minutes. But wait. Yeah. You said you sent, we have a group text. You said you sent yours in first, your winners and losers. Dave responded to a completely different group text, though. <laughs> that correct. didn't include Ben Tracker. Like, so it doesn't matter. I wanted to matter. make sure that he could pretend like he didn't see mine. So he just sent an email. What time do you think? After. I didn't see yours come in until after I sent mine. And maybe it's just my phone didn't. Adam Azer uh, can be the arbiter here. I don't really care. Okay. He sent his winners and losers. Come up with another loser? At six thirty six. Dave sent his at six thirty eight. There you go. <laughs> no, I don't. Let's just talk about Juju Smith Schuster and how you value him rest of season. Would you trade for him? Would you try to give him away for pennies on the dollar? What would you do uh with Juju? Um like I don't have any idea. I I I'm mystified and this doesn't really happen very often. There's very few players in the history of football have disappeared from the face of the earth like Juju Smith-Schuster is um, after being as good as he was, as young as he was. And he did score the touchdowns, which kind of erased it early. But like, if this was, I, I don't know, other than the, the touchdowns are the only thing separating Juju Smith-Schuster from T.Y. Hilton right now. To be 100%. Honest. Um, and the fact that he has a better quarterback and so they should score more touchdowns. But his career, his season high in yards, six for 69, just like T.Y. Um, Who's so, got more targets between the two of them and more catches between the two of them? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Juju will have <laughs> you didn't some answer good, that one, did you? Who has it? T.Y. has more targets. T.Y. has more targets, but Juju has more catches. T.Y. has a lot more almost touchdowns. Juju scored all of his almost touchdowns. T.Y. Mm-hmm. has an almost touchdown every single week and never scores. It's true. It's true. It, yeah, it is hard. Angle. Okay, so we're, you're. Let's say you're drafting again today. What round are you looking at, Juju Smith Schuster? Hey, I'm going to be a little more optimistic. Would you rather? Six, oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Would you rather have Juju or Darius Slayton? Slayton. I'm telling you, Juju is going to come around. Just it's the nature of what Pittsburgh is doing on offense. They do not have a pure number one receiver. Well, right. That's the thing. When you say Juju's going to come around, that's not the same thing as Juju's going to have a 100 yard game where he scores a touchdown and then you're going to start him and he's going to fail again. Is Juju going to come around to where he's reliably producing as a fantasy starter again? I'm not going to say no. I don't know. And, and and I am not and I've never been the juju guy on our shows, but mm. I think that if once it's established that Claypool is a problem that defenses have to address, all bets are off for all three of the receivers, but I think the spread is going to be pretty even. I think you know what the expectations are going to be for Juju. He's probably going to this target share that he had today is ludicrous. He'll get more than that. Really? I would absolutely trade for Juju Smith-Schuster if I could get him dirt cheap. Juju Smith-Schuster or T Higgins? So I think Higgins might actually be better because I think he's going to ultimately be the number one guy for Cincinnati. And we've already... So Brandon Cooks is ahead of him. Yeah. Um, Darius Slayton's ahead of Juju, right? I think. So like, well, I don't Sterling know Shepard's going to be up Sterling and down. Sterling Shepard's about to come back. So keep yeah, that in right. mind. 
Uh, like Juju's had five or fewer targets in all but one game this year, I think. That's insane. I, I don't think he's going to have many no, with no. like he had, eight, nine, or ten. Six, but eight, I think five, he's five, have a bunch four, with six or seven. Six, eight, five, five, four. Those are his targets. That's insane. You know, there's one player that I go back to sometimes that like was so much better than Juju, but was kind of bad. And I remember people were writing him off after a terrible Thursday night game. This was back in 2016 and it was Jordy Nelson and Nelson had caught a bunch of touchdowns early in the season, but through six games, he had 321 yards and five, he had five touchdowns, but he was on pace for 856 yards on 72 catches. He was not doing well. And he had a game against the bears on Thursday night one catch for nine yards on four targets. And there was, oh, what's wrong with Juju, this and that? Or what's wrong with Jordy Nelson, this and that? The rest of the season, 70 catches, 936 yards, nine touchdowns in 10 games. He went off. Is yep. there, Do you think Juju can go off? Because I don't think he there's any that chance. He has talent, I believe. I just don't, like, how is it going to uh, happen? I think, he's, I think he's got a lot of great talent. I don't know if I see him as the same type of receiver as Jordy Nelson is, but that's splitting hairs. I'm, I'm, I am certain that this is not going to be Chase Claypool running away as the number one guy in Pittsburgh. All right. In fact, I would I would say I might be more concerned about Deontay Johnson being that guy ahead of Claypool and ahead of Juju. I I and would rank them Claypool, Juju, Johnson. Does the fact that DJ Moore got more targets than Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson today give you sort of like some hope? For for uh, I just want to get the numbers there in that game, so I'm not. Making he had 11, it. and Robbie had five. I believe. Right, that's right. Yeah. So he he was much more involved. Anderson only had uh, what 16. No, oh, sorry, he had I don't know. He had fewer yards, 16 fewer yards than more, but he had six fewer targets. But uh, right, like it can happen. Does that give you some hope? You know, I think I'm kind of. Uh, I don't know beating a dead horse here. For. Well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying Ra- right, Robbie yeah. Anderson over and no. over again, more targets than DJ Moore, more targets. And then all of a sudden here in week six, 11 targets for the more five. The thing that happened Anderson. last week does not necessarily predict what's going to happen next week. Yeah. But, in, right. you know, but I was saying it's, it wasn't just last week. It was five games. Well, no, the, for the, the first three weeks, Moore had more targets than Robbie Anderson. It was two oh, games, right. I believe. Okay. Maybe it was three. All right. Well, those are your winners and your losers. I'm going to throw out a few more losers here just for the worryometer. We've got three players on the worryometer. Mike Gesicki, Odell Beckham, Mark Andrews. Every tight end gets to catch touchdowns for the Dolphins except for Mike Gesicki. And he had two targets and no catches. This is coming after 91 yards at San Francisco. He's been very up and down, going into a bye. What's your worryometer level on Mike Gesicki? It's like a six. I don't know if I can count on him to be a reliable week-to-week tight end, but I'm going to evaluate him among my tight end choices if I have him on my team. Heath? I don't know. Five, because I have no idea. He's had two seemingly terrible matchups against the Bills and 49ers and was a top five tight end both weeks. And he's had mostly good matchups in his last two games besides those, I believe, and just done nothing at all. He did catch a touchdown. He had like two catches for seven yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He had one um, catch against that's the good for Jaguars for a touchdown. He's one of the 17 tight ends who might catch a touchdown next week. And that's... 16 of them caught a touchdown this week, except for Mike Kosicki. I would like to see the correlation between 
Ryan Fitzpatrick's pass attempts because in the Jaguars game, I think Fitzpatrick threw 20 times and Gusicki had one catch and was a touchdown. This game, Fitzpatrick threw 27 times. You know, as it was a blowout win for the Dolphins and it was kind well, of an underwhelming day for their passing game. He threw one more time last week in San Francisco and Gusicki yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Okay, never mind. But I think there's obviously some correlation always between targets and pass attempts, but... Uh, yes. All right, uh, Odell Beckham. confirm that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two catches, 25 yards on four targets at Pittsburgh for Beckham. Speaking of up and down, um, worryometer on Beckham. Six. I was going to say five. At Cincinnati next week. I feel like he's a must-start. He caught a touchdown against them earlier this You're year. You're probably yeah. starting him at Cincinnati. They're going to score some points in that game. Um, I, I'm a little worried, though, because I, I referenced this earlier in the week that he had a lot more targets than Jarvis Landry, but like the same number of catches and very similar yards. In mm-hmm. this game, Landry had one more target, one more catch, and 15 more yards. Neither one of them were any good, but Austin Hooper also had more catches and yards. So... He's not a top Hooper's 12 had more wide targets receiver. than any of them. No, he's not a top 12 receiver. He's not a, okay. a number, a must start number two wide receiver, but you're going to start him more often than not, especially if you start three wide receivers or flex. If Hooper, and this is just me, you know, railroading what we're talking about here, Adam, but if Hooper had started the year with three straight games with five receptions, mm-hmm. no one would have dropped him at all. We'd all be excited about him. He's led the team in targets over the past three games. That's true. Hooper, and the fact that Odell is higher than a three on a worryometer is not good. I mean, this is like, I don't know why you, I don't know why. You, did you just think that Pittsburgh has been so bad against wide receivers that we're gonna have to throw the ball a lot? Because I, honestly, he's like a matchups guy and it's not his fault. It's just their philosophy. What do you mean? Bet. It was easy to start him against the Dallas Cowboys, but for the most part, he doesn't get a lot of targets. So why did we like him so much this week? We thought that the Browns would be playing from behind and have to throw a bunch of passes, and he gets a fourth of their targets. So we thought if they threw 40 passes, he'd get 10 targets. Yeah, I know. And I honestly, like my most agonizing decision this week, believe it or not, was 2QB League, Nick Foles or Baker Mayfield. And I thought the same exact thing that you did. So I was like, I'm just going to go with Baker Mayfield. Believe it. Yeah, so, but I don't know. I guess I just still think that the Steelers were better than they were better than they had been um, defensively. Yeah, my my point is like he's certainly not matchup proof, Odell Beckham. I think we've established no. that. Correct. Uh, maybe it's more game script than matchup, but either way, Mar- Mark Andrews. All right, so it's I think probably dependent on how we think Baker's going to do from week to week. Mark Andrews, I think I have the stat right. Please don't hate me if I don't. But now it's going back to their week eight bye. That is fourteen games. In those 14 games, Mark Andrews has two games with 60 receiving yards. He does, however, have 12 touchdown catches in those 14 games. But two I, two catches, 21 yards on four targets at Philly. But you used to yell at Dave Richard for saying, I'm looking for a receiver that's going to get me eight points without a, end, you mean? a touchdown. A tight end is going to be eight points without a touchdown. And now there just aren't that many guys, those guys. He He's had a bunch of games with 50 to 60 yards. Yeah. Um, never more this is concerning. Years. It's concerning that in half of his games this year, he has four targets or fewer. Um, but, but he's had six or more targets in the other ones. He's a tight end also. So you're going to start him. He's a... I mean, we lost Johnny Smith today, for goodness sake. Please, I don't... 
I hope not. Yeah, I understand he's a tight end, but is he the number three tight end? Is he a stud tight end? Is is he a you know top fifty? My worryometer on Mark Andrews is zero. Okay, two. All right, two for me. Okay, let's go to the games. Let's get yeah, let's get into yeah. it. Here we go. Green Bay and Tampa Bay. It was a blowout. Tampa Bay and and Tampa Bay fell behind. I think it was ten nothing in this game. It was. Yeah, and then they went thirty eight to ten. Holy cow, Heath! What do we got? Believe it or not. Uh, believe it or not, there's not going to be as enough pass volume in Tampa Bay to support Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as elite wide receivers. I don't believe it. No, I think they were like uh, sixth in the sixth in pass attempts per game or something like that coming in. So I'm going to say no. I don't believe it. I think about who their quarterback is. I think about who their head coach is. I think about who their play caller is. Well, I don't just mean pass attempts, but we're six games in now and we've got one 300-yard game from this offense in the passing game. But uh, And, by the way, Mike Evans has now played three games with Chris Goblin and he has 14 yards in three games. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Rob Gronkowski led the team in receiving today. It's a good question. Maybe it's not the volume that's that I'm worried about with Evans. Perhaps it's just the fit with Brady, Chris Towers. I think he's not at that? 100%. Well, he certainly wasn't, actually. I heard that on the broadcast. Bruce Arians said he probably should not have played last Thursday mm-hmm. against the Bears. So he may be closer now, but he certainly was not last week against the Bears. Well, all right. Do you still think right now Godwin and Evans are must-starts? Yes. Yeah, I don't believe it. You don't believe it. Okay. <laughs> I got to believe it or not. Like, I feel like I've got to try to convince you guys to believe it, whether I believe it or not. <laughs> no, I think you should just pose the question or pose. I guess it's a statement, not a question. And then we chop it up after that. Believe it or not. There's nothing to worry about Ronald Jones the rest of the season. I do not believe. I don't that. either. I don't know. That's three straight hundred yard games. First Bucks running back to do it since Doug Martin. I think he looked the best this week. The absolute this. I think this was his best game so far. He's a hammer. He's a he's physical. Re- he's turned into a hammer. It's right. A, it's incredible. Yeah. Which is funny because they said they wanted to use Leonard Fournette in the fourth quarter, but this is the guy that's breaking people's backs in the fourth quarter. I don't. I think he's earned himself some leash. Oh, I definitely think he's earned himself some leash for sure. I don't feel quite comfortable saying there's nothing to worry rest of season. Okay, so let's do some Ronald Jones ors. Ronald Jones ors Todd Gurley's. I'm doing it, Jones. Um, Rojo. Ronald Jones or James Robinson. He's fading, isn't he? A little bit. Robinson. score, though. Robinson. Mm, I think I got to go Jones. All right, let's do a Packers buy or sell. Buy or sell. Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be a, uh, you know, number three wide receiver. Sell. Of all the guys on the Packers, that's who you're going to I mean, pick? what was I going to say? Like, this was, there was no story. Oh, Look yeah, well, he, he did get hurt, but he also, three catches, 25 yards on four targets. Aaron Rodgers threw for 160 yards with two picks. 
Okay, Robert, Ta- drop Robert Tanyan. Buy or sell? Bye. I think you can consider it. But if you're streaming and you've been streaming two tight ends, he could still be on your roster. It's not the 25 yards that bothers me. It's the 12% target targets. share. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's only one game, though. Well, no, it's like he's not ever been a thing when Devontae Adams was healthy. Yeah. Okay. So who would you rather have, Tanyan or Gasicki? Gasicki. I think I'd rather have Gasicki, but it's it's extremely close between both of them right now. And I, I yeah. Yeah. And by the way, first game without Vita Vea for the Bucks. Aaron Jones had 10 carries for 15 yards and a touchdown. But Williams and Dylan were better. They he combined was even lucky to get that touchdown. They combined for nine carries for 65 yards. Um, but yeah, still very solid up front. Cow. Sorry, I wasn't focusing on you guys. Oh, that's okay. Something ha- must be happening in the game. Pittsburgh 38, Cleveland 7. By the way, Ben Schrager with a great stat. Uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside scored eight fantasy points today without registering a catch. Those eight points <laughs> are the best, the most fantasy points that J.J. Ortega-Whiteside has ever scored. And he did that without having a catch. He had a two-point conversion and the fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. All right, Heath, Pittsburgh 38, Cleveland 7. Pittsburgh had the ball for more than 34 minutes in this game. What do we got? Well, I think you've stolen my top two. So um, believe it or not, Austin Hooper is a top 12 tight end rest of the season. Believe it. PPR, I believe it. Pretty low threshold. I I guess I'll believe it. 23 targets in his last three games. 15 catches in his last three games. Kind of already chopped this up. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm still not super excited about it. It's a really crappy no. offense for passing game, for the passing. But game. look at look at where we are with tight ends. How many tight ends are getting five catches a game in the NFL in 2020? He still doesn't have a touchdown though. Uh that will happen. Yeah. Like he has a touchdown. What are you talking he about? Does? Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I was looking at my Jarvis Landry note. My bad. Yes, he has a touchdown. Um, Okay. Top 12. Jared Cook or Austin Hooper? Cook. Hooper. Ooh. Yeah, he doesn't like Jared Cook. Ben Ben Roethlisberger had uh, 12 fantasy points, but played pretty well. Just didn't need to do much in this game. Pretty reassuring game for James Conner, fair to say? Yes. 20 carries for 101 yards and a touchdown. Benny Snell did have a touchdown. He did get some work near the goal line, but uh, it was mostly Connor's day. Snell had six carries, 17 yards, and a touchdown. And I think we have talked enough. Garbage time. Yeah, we talked enough about the wide receivers here. So uh, anything else? Um, Anything to, believe it or not, fantasy managers should be concerned about Kareem Hunt. Not. No, Steelers' defense is incredible. Especially their run defense. Dearness Johnson only had four carries, and Hilliard had four. They were almost all very late in the game. Hunt has Cincinnati, Vegas, by Houston yeah. over the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. And by then, Chubb might be back. Indianapolis 31, Cincinnati 27. Another time of possession game. Cincinnati had the ball for 33 minutes and 28 seconds. Heath, what do we got here? Did I steal your believe it or not? No, I mm, just damn. wasn't prepared with one on this game. Mm. See, that's when you usually blame me. Um, yeah. Nah, believe it or not, Jonathan Taylor's about to explode. 
going to see what his schedule is for the next several weeks. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. His schedule is about to get incredible after well, their bye. Bye, Detroit, Baltimore, Tennessee, Green Bay, Tennessee, Houston, Las Vegas, Houston. Yes, he's he should be. He should have exploded this week. Well, and he kind of did. I mean, he had 100 yards. He got four passes. He just didn't get in the end zone. Yeah. Trey I mean, I don't know selfish. if that's an explosion, but it was good. It was good. You should be encouraged with Jonathan Taylor. Good well, things are coming. The other thing is two games in a row where, where Wilkins – well, Wilkins didn't play today, but he had – Joe or Jonathan Taylor. Wilkins played. Oh, I Wilkins thought he was active. Yeah. Oh, he's active? Okay, well, that's great because that's, that's two games in a row where he has had pretty much no role. Yep. So, Remember when Naheem Hines had a role? Same with Hines, yeah. Um, what would you say, T- Taylor or Jones? Taylor for me. Which Jones? Ronald Jones? Yeah. yeah. I'll say Taylor too. Me too. Okay, great. Marcus Johnson, 108 yards on eight targets. Does he matter? I don't believe he does. Deepest of leagues. I'm happy for him. <laughs> Just right. another guy in the mix in Indianapolis. Let's say AJ Green's on your waiver wire. How much fab? Six. I was going to say 4%. Okay, so not a huge rush to pick him up. 55% rostered. No. All right. They have Cleveland in week seven. Let's go to Denver, New England. Denver 18, New England 12. How? What? What do we got? Yeah, I... um. Buy or sell, there's not a must-start Patriot. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, there is not a must-start Patriot. Oh, believe it. Oh, yeah. I believe it. Wow, one bad game from Cam, and he's not Oh, it's two bad games from Cam. He looked so bad. Now, maybe he gets his act together. Belichick even talked about it after the game, that they they were not ready. They didn't have enough practice time. The offensive line was patchwork. But if if all right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Cam is a must start. What? Okay, I don't think he's a must start because here's the thing: the first two games of the season, I believe he had two rushing touchdowns in both games. Is that right? Uh, first, yeah, he had two against the Dolphins and he had two against the Seahawks. So he's got horrible weapons in the passing game. I don't think they have a very good offensive line. I don't think he's a must start. I think he's a must roster, but. I don't know. Must start doesn't strike me as that. He's they are home against the 49ers next week. Right. At Buffalo. They have not played great defense. At, At the, the Jets. Jets. That's going to be three touchdowns. And then Baltimore, I don't think you'll use him. Heath, you're right. I think I think he is a startable. Well, Heath didn't say what he... Well, he said must start. No, but he didn't say... I, I said uh, believe he it or not. He didn't, give, didn't make any He didn't say if he believed oh, it or not. You did not. Heath, do you believe it? Um, no, I don't believe it. Oh, okay. How about that? Believe it or not, did you guys by any chance hear how they were pronouncing Albert O's last name on the broadcast? Not. Okunebunam? I think they were saying it in such a horribly, terribly wrong way that we have to find out. It was pretty funny. Uh, I don't have any other believe it or nots for this, so no. let's move this on. This game was kind of gross. Yeah. Detroit 34, Jacksonville 16. Another time of possession game. Detroit had the ball for almost 36 minutes. Every single time I buy into Gardner Minshew, Heath, every time he lays an egg. And even though his fantasy points were okay, they stunk. Um, But what do you got for Detroit and Jacksonville? Okay, that's an unfair 
thing to say. Like he scored 19 fantasy points. It was a bad week. He didn't lay an egg. Aaron Rodgers laid an egg. He laid an egg for Chenault, who I bought into heavily this week. He okay. laid an egg for DJ Chark. He laid an egg. Um, DJ Chark was fine, but believe it or not, um, mm. no, he wasn't. We, no, we he need wasn't. to. Keelan Cole should be rostered. Believe it. Dropped him this morning. <laughs> uh, Adam. Well, I picked Peru. him up. This isn't a Gardner Minshew problem. This is just an Adam Azer problem. I picked him up because I thought Chark was going to miss the game. I was thinking of starting him if, over Daryl Henderson in a PPR league. Chark's going to play. I dropped him for uh, Cordero Patterson, you know, just in case David Montgomery got hurt or something like that. But uh, look, he's this is obviously by far Keelan Cole's best game. So let's talk about him. 31 yard, 31% rostered, six catches, 143 yards on nine targets. He had been 47, 58, 43, 46, 25 yards in his first five games. So, so there is hope for Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you believe it or not? Keelan Cole needs to be rostered. I do believe that he needs to be rostered. They, he gets a lot of red zone usage. He has had multiple games this se- season or this, yeah, this year leading the team in targets. Um, I'll probably have him projected a little bit higher than LaVisca Chenault next week, but they'll all be in the same wide receiver three range. Buy or sell, Matthew Stafford is going to have a great rest of season. Mm. I'm going to sell that. Yeah, I'm going to sell it too. Not feeling it. This was a letdown. Not, the word great is what I can't buy. Solid, I can buy. They, they, like, they have won two games, and those two games were not won on the strength of Matthew Stafford's play. They were one running, 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 and playing a little bit of defense. Mm, like the Black Eyed Peas, right? He's thrown exactly 31 passes three games in mm. a row. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. How about that? It's out of the game. <laughs> it's in my notes, too, and I didn't even see it. So they're at Atlanta next week, so perhaps... like It's really a free space. It's unbelievable. Um, Atlanta, great, great for quarterbacks. Okay, uh, one more thing in this game. Chenault, I mean, Heath, I can't believe you have him as a top three rookie wide receiver. I feel like people are going to drop him after this. Do you, What do you guys think rest of season for Chenault? I think this was a bad game, sure. I don't really appreciate the way Jacksonville's using him, but I believe in his talent and what he's done when he's been given the ball f- this season, and so I expect he'll be better. All right. I have no complaints over how they're using him. He's had at least six targets in each of his last four games. He had five catches in each of his past three going into this week. He just did not come up with as many catches. Players have bad games. He, he absolutely has to be rostered. Do not cut him. Cool. Giants 20, Washington 19. Uh, yeah, what a thriller. Believe it or not, what do we got? Yeah, uh, believe it or not, Logan Thomas is better than Evan Ingram the rest of the season. <laughs> Don't believe it. Did Evan Ingram lead the team in receive? No, no Slayton, Slayton did with 41, 41 yards. yards. No, I'm not going to believe that. But has, Evan Ingr- has, has Logan Thomas been better than Evan Ingram so far? Yeah. Other than the rushing touchdown? No, I would have to say for sure because I think he's had two touchdowns this year and Ingram's had yes. one. Well, what do you think, Heath? Logan Thomas or Evan Ingram? <laughs> I don't I don't know. What is wrong with Evan Ingram? <laughs> Ingram like, had why eight are we more, having this discussion? <laughs> he had eight more PPR points than Logan Thomas coming into the game. The simple fact that it's close 
between Logan Thomas, who's he had eight more coming into the game. Yeah. Logan Thomas outscored him by eight today. Oh, so tied. Right. It, it's, it's ugly. <laughs> it's really ugly for Evan Ingram. You, I think he's an easy tight end to start to like separate yourself from. Have you been using him this whole time? You, you need to look in a different direction here. Yeah. Well, Daniel Jones threw for 112 yards against Washington. That's, and they were lucky to 19, win the game. 19 passes. Yeah, they, I don't know if they got conservative or what, but they had a lead, and he threw that interception. They, they drove down the field. He threw another, just like in the Steelers game, all the way down the field. They get inside the 10-yard line. He throws another interception. Ridiculous. Uh, but you look at the running backs in this game, Gibson, McKissick. McKissick with a big game. That's six yes. or seven catches. Three straight games with six or seven catches and more than 40 receiving yards. And then you look at Devontae Freeman, who's getting a lot of work. Uh, how would you rank them rest of season in PPR? Gibson, McKissick, and Devontae Freeman. It's really close for me between Gibson and McKissick, and maybe I'm just a little stubborn to not just say, screw it, McKissick. But I'm going to go Gibson, McKissick, Freeman. I think I'd go Gibson, Freeman, McKissick. Again, another game with with plenty of touches for Devontae Freeman. Just didn't score a touchdown, but I... I'm pretty encouraged by what I've seen from Devontae Freeman. And I think he's going to be a borderline number two the rest of the way. Do you, I'm just, I'm worried about the efficiency for sure with Freeman because he has not had a good rushing average. Yeah. I don't think he's going to here. Yeah, I know. So like, we're, we're kind of, what are we saying here? Because he's had a bunch of plays where he does look good. And I haven't, I full disclosure, I haven't watched the game in week six. I don't know how many runs he had in week six where he looked good. But a lot of the runs where he looks bad, it's because of his offensive line more so than yeah. He, I agree. With he that. had ten PPR points back to back weeks before this game. Um, no, he had ten and sixteen. Yeah, he was he, it, for fantasy. He was good last week. Yeah, he only had seven in this game. That was bad, bad game. But like, there's not enough running backs to say he's definitely not a top twenty-four guy. Yeah, but he's he's on this. I would say the second worst offense in football. Behind ahead of the Jets. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I know going into the game, I think they were the well, going into last week, they were the lowest scoring teams. Now it's the Jets. Dolph, the Giants put up a lot of points against the uh Cowboys, but they scored they scored 20 points against Washington with a defensive touchdown. So I, it's just, you know, the the correlation between scoring offense and running back fantasy points has not been as strong lately. But when you start talking about these teams with terrible offenses, it's it's hard to get great production. But he's obviously a must roster player. You know, you, you start him when you need to. McKissick's interesting, though, because this was his best game, you know, with the, especially with the running game. Eight carries for 41 yards. I don't know how you take him over Gibson. I'm, I'm glad, Dave, that you took Gibson over him. You got to stick with that because Gibson himself had four catches today. Just, you know, not as many yards. We've but, never known McKissick to be a complete running back. We've always known him to be a passing downs back and kind of just like a serviceable one at that. So he's making the most of the opportunity, which is great, but it's an opportunity on a terrible team where he's splitting with a player who I think is much better than him athletically. I don't want to talk about this game much longer, Heath. I'm sorry, but any issues with Terry McLaurin? Seven catches. No, I'm going to start him again next week. Mm -hmm. All right, then let's go to Tennessee 42, Houston 36. This was a fun one. Deshaun Watson, 39 fantasy points. He's QB1 right now. Uh, Heath, what do we got? What's our takeaway? What's our believe it or not from this game? Believe it or not, Darren Fells is a starting fantasy tight end. I'm so mad at myself. 
I believe it. I knew it. First of all, let's pump the brakes here. <laughs> he didn't say for the rest of the season. It's only if, if Jordan Akins is out. That's it. That's the caveat, right? It has to I be. Just, I just asked the question. You can add your own caveat. You could say, believe it if Jordan Akins is out. I was going to pick this guy up. I called him a sleeper on Tuesday. This is, I think, six games they've thrown a touchdown to either Akins or Fells four times. But this, he usually gets two targets a game. So that's my caveat. I'd pick him up if if Akins is out. Agreed. Uh, and who do they face next week? They have Green Bay, who just struggled against Gronkowski, who's slower than Fells. Uh, okay, <laughs> what else do we got? David Johnson is a sell high, buy or sell. I would sell on him being a sell high. Yeah. Um, like he's kind of Devontae Freeman on a better offense. I think he's better than Devontae Freeman. Not going to be particularly efficient, um, but they'll score more touchdowns and he might catch a couple more passes. Ruined his streak of four consecutive weeks with two catches. Only had one this week. But... <laughs> I, I think he's going to, like, he's six, five, five weeks in a row now where he's had more touches each week. First week of the season, this week with 20 touches. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, two good games. Fuller was a little better. Yeah, a lot better. But both were good. So yeah. that was encouraging. Jason Lacanfora reported on uh, Fantasy Football Today this morning that the Texans might go into fire cell mode. Certainly after a loss like the one they had on, in week six, mm. that could happen a little sooner than later. And Fuller is not under contract after this year. Mm, interesting. So I, I would put this at like a 5% chance of it happening. But It would be bad for either of them. I, I well, say. I mean, we don't know where Fuller would go. If you are just looking to pick up a, a wide receiver who's pretty widely available, Adam Humphreys or Keelan Cole? And Humphreys has now six or seven mm. targets in like four out of five games. Does Humphreys keep it up when Corey Davis comes off the COVID-19 list? Well, what's your answer, Cole or Humphreys? I would say Cole, Cole. because I think if John is okay and or Corey Davis comes off the COVID list, Humphreys won't be as good. I do not understand how, we're, how I'm going so slowly today, guys. We have a lot of games left. Let's go. Uh, Chicago and Carolina. Chicago 23, Carolina 16. Go! Actually, DJ Moore is the number one wide receiver on the Panthers. Nope, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Heath? No, no. I, I mean, I, I think it's this is a 1A, 1B situation, and there's a chance that DJ Moore ends up being better, certainly. But as of right now, I'd still have to lean towards Robbie Anderson. Give me one more week of DJ Moore, and then I'll say that DJ Moore is the number one, and then Robbie Anderson can be the best <laughs> again. Uh, I really think it could come down to the type of defenses that they're playing. And I, I've said before that DJ Moore kind of struggles against man coverage, but in zone, he's good. And the Bears played a lot of zone. And that's bad for a, a deep ball guy like Robbie. Robbie makes he some awesome catches. But Robbie's not a deep ball guy, guy in Carolina. He was today. He had a couple of really – he laid out for a deep ball that was awesome. But this this was a DJ Moore game plan. I don't think we're heading toward DJ Moore being this used every single week. Buy or sell. It would be nice if David Montgomery would look like a good running back every now and then. <laughs> 
I mean, this guy. But he looked good. He looked good as a pass catcher today. Yeah, but. I just like. First of all, Madison was such a bust today. Montgomery was not exactly a bust, but he was a little disappointing. The, he, both of yeah, these guys was. had chances to score touchdowns and came very, very close. Especially David Montgomery. He so had a touchdown called back. Yes, but still, three yards per carry against this defense. He just he he has been hey. s- what. Uh, at least he had the opportunity. At least you remember he had played eighty percent of the snaps in weeks four and five, and he had only ten carries in each. So, how are you feeling about him? I, I, he is my reluctant RB two. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, the touches are very encouraging. Four catches again. Yeah, but it's not going to change. No, unless he gets hurt. Okay, Ronald Jones or David Montgomery? Jones. Montgomery. <sighs> okay, Mike Davis scored. That was wonderful. And he had a really rotten game, and he left a couple of times with an ankle injury, but I believe he finished the game. And he fumbled, too. Yeah. All right, Baltimore 30, Philadelphia 28. Wild game here. Ravens had the ball for over 36 minutes, 36 and a half. Heath, believe it or not. If Mark Ingram misses time, Gus Edwards will be the best Ravens running back. I can't believe it. Don't believe it. He'll be good, but I think J.K. Dobbins will be better. I have no idea, Heath. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I would I would wager on the side of Dobbins because of the passing game work, but I do think like Gus Edwards has been more involved as a runner. He out carried him fourteen to nine in this game, and if it's a split to that range, then I'm still not sure that Dobbins is going to be startable even if Ingram's out, and that doesn't sound very good. Yeah, well, they have a bye next week, so you're sitting there, you have Dobbins. He doesn't even get more carries than Gus Edwards when Ingram gets hurt. And then then he has a bye, and then let's say Ingram misses week eight. It's Pittsburgh. So it's just it's unfortunate. And for Marquise Brown, I understand how rostering Marquise Brown might be annoying. You kind of have to start him. He led the team in receiving with only 57 yards, but it's I hard really to get away from like, him. I really think we've seen... Justin Jefferson, what we've seen from him three of the last four weeks, Marquise Brown's going to have a stretch similar to that. And Justin Jefferson's going to have a stretch similar to what Marquise Brown's had this year. Brown still doesn't have a game this year with below 21% target share right. from Lamar Jackson. Wow, that's a good. The note. issue is more about Jackson not throwing a ton. Uh, real quick, guys, do you think uh, it's worth picking up Carson Wentz? 32 fantasy points for Wentz, getting the Giants and then the Cowboys. Yeah, I uh, on your list of bye week quarterbacks. I picked up Carson Wentz in a league this morning just to have him for when Gardner Minshew went on bye. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have started him instead of Gardner Minshew today. Yeah, I think Minshew felt. I think Minshew was on bye today. Atlanta forty, Minnesota. Hold on, wait. I've got one more. Believe it or not, and maybe we address it on a future podcast. Believe it or not, now's the time to sell high on Lamar Jackson. I don't think the perception of what he did today is that good. I had people complaining about it, but yeah, it might be. Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, New England. Or I just wonder games. if he might be better in those games because they actually have to play try the whole game. Yeah, well, that's a great point. Earlier this year when he took on Kansas City, you knew that he had to try in that game, and he stunk. He was terrible. I would, I would be interested in hearing what kind of offers I could get for Lamar Jackson. And I've got him in a 2QB league. Would right? you rather so, have... Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? I'm not ready to... I, I think I'm ready to... 
I think I am ready to say Deshaun Watson. Because his game script, his game script is crystal clear from here on out with that defense being what it is. Not running though, and I anticipate he'll run more, but doing a hell of a job as a passer. Yeah, and his schedule is pretty favorable too. All right, Atlanta forty and Minnesota twenty three, and this okay. Minnesota's time of possession is pathetic. This is like their. I think this is the third game with less than twenty minutes of possession, or at least less than twenty one. Unbelievable, Heath. What do we got? Can I just do a tight end on every single game? Who <laughs> Hayden Hurst? Yeah, believe it or not, Hayden Hurst is a starting fantasy football tight end. I think I've said it before on this very podcast. Julio Jones is the linchpin for this offense. When he's out there, good things happen for everybody else on the Falcons. And when he's not there, bad things happen for most of them. And as long as Julio's rolling, it's much softer coverage on guys like Hayden Hurst. And talking about game script, you know how it's going to go for Falcons games because that defense ain't getting better. He's a startable tight end. I think what's very interesting is when you look at you could divide Matt Ryan's season in two different ways. Three great games and three bad games. And you could say Julio Jones is the common denominator when he's been healthy in those three great games with 28, 35, and 38 points. But also keep in mind, they played in those three games. Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. The other games were against Chicago, Green Bay, and Carolina, who somehow, some way, once again, great against Allen Robinson. They're just so good against wide receivers and, and quarterbacks. I don't understand it. But it's 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 just interesting because I do think Julio Jones is the linchpin, and I started Matt Ryan because Julio Jones played, and it paid off. But you can't ignore that he's played Seattle, Atlanta, and... Seattle, Dallas, and Minnesota in the right. three games. Well, here comes Detroit, Detroit, Carolina, Denver. Well, yeah, you heard what I just said about Carolina, but uh, it is should be very smooth sailing for them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we talked about the Minnesota wide receivers, and you can probably get rid of Kirk Cousins now going into his bye week. He scored 29 points, and it pretty much pissed me off because he played terribly. Miami 24 and the Jets 0. Uh, yeah, what a game. J- uh, Heath, what do you got? Believe it or not, Miles Gaskin is a top 15 running back rest of season. It's close. I oh, think yeah. the answer is yes. I believe it. Yeah, and now this is Gaskin or Ronald Jones is quite interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I, right? Take, That's tough. You take the physical runner who's going to score more touchdowns or the more versatile runner who probably has the job locked up the rest of the season, as long as he stays healthy. Uh, You tell me. I think Jones carries a little bit, a little bit more value. Heath? Rojo. You have any thoughts on Jamison Crowder's disappointing day? 13 targets. Absolutely keeps him in the starting rotation keeps for my starting. squad. How about Rashad Perriman yeah. coming through for 62 yards and four catches? Mm-hmm. 86 to go, guys. Dolphins I, are going to make the playoffs, by the way. What's that? Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. They got to they get healthy on defense. That's part of the problem. They're three and three. They don't need anything. It was cool to see uh, Tackle by Low play. Yeah, sure. They're going into their bye. They'll get healthy. 
Um, okay, look at their schedule. Rams tough at Arizona. That won't be easy. Ch- Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals. Piece of cake. Then this Kansas City team. They suck. New England, <laughs> Vegas, Buffalo. They'll fall apart at the end. The They're eight and eight. Games are rough. They're eight and eight. That might get you in. Good show. Mm-hmm. Well, there yeah. are seventeen. Yeah, I got an extra spot this year. Might get you in. Maybe. Who do you guys think is better right now, Patriots or Dolphins? Patriots. Still the Patriots. Wait. Right now, I think the Dolphins are better because the Patriots um, have a lot of players that are not eligible to play. But I think by the time the Patriots and Dolphins play each other, the Patriots, again, the Patriots will be better. Okay. All right, fellas. Thanks. Great show. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you're listening to Fantasy Football Today in 5. Get your quick fix early in the morning. Sounded weird. And we'll talk to you on Monday on Fantasy Football Today.